Welcome to episode 94 of Story Mode Everyday Game Podcast, the official podcast of StoryModeGaming.com. I am your host, Jesse Paul Monroe, and tonight I'm joined by Keelan John Simpson, Simon George Evans, and Sean Ringo Collins. How are you boys doing? Fantastic. Who that's the, the four Beatles? Somebody save us. Why have you Wait, turned into fucking Stewie just... Griffin? What was that? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! You, you sound like Stewie Griffin doing his Ringo. I, I don't know which one of you did that. <laughs> hey, we both did. Keelan, it. that was you, wasn't it? Was that Keelan or Sean? <laughs> that was Sean. Oh, Sean, can we do, can we have that again? That, that yeah, was amazing. The, I loved it. I, no, I have you guys seen? Fuck, what's the movie with um, the guy from Step Brothers where he's a musician? Fuck, what is it? Oh, they meet the Dewey Cox and the Beatles are played by like Jack Black, Paul Rudd. Um, yes, of, yeah, I have not seen I that. Just, but that sounds fantastic. I just always think of that, and, and when they're fighting, and they just do the shit Liverpool accents, and like mm, Paul's a big fat cunt, and just fighting with each other. <laughs> So that's where I take my direct Beatles uh, influence from. <laughs> Understandable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, after watching that whole like documentary on them, that's pretty spot on. Mm-hmm. There we go. Confirmed I was in the Beatles. <laughs> knew it. I knew it. <laughs> that's, why Simon, like, that's why Simon salutes you when he walks past. Yeah. yeah. He really put your little country on the map, didn't he? The Beatles, remember? Anyway, how are we all doing? Good, Jesse. Fantastic. Good. Keelan, that wasn't convincing. No, it wasn't. I did. I, did, I played. I played a lot of video games recently. Actually, it's been really nice playing competitive video games with with people. It's a good way to blow steam. We've been playing playing a lot of Halo multiplayer lately. Now we're going to talk about this in the pre-show. I want you to do this very quickly, Simon. An update from last week. So for those who haven't listened to last week's episode, which you should, it's on Spotify, iTunes, and everywhere else you get good podcasts from. Normally I say every good Podcasting podcast stuff. platform, yeah. but I thought, thought I'd build us up then. That was good. Um, we discussed Halo Infinite's campaign, which launched what, two weeks ago now. Keelan being a bit of a, a grizzled old expert on the game. Thought the intro levels were fine and just classic Halo. Me being new to the series, I thought they were a little bit tedious and they really didn't work as a welcoming point of entry for somebody new to the series. Now, Simon is new to the series, basically. You know the basics. You were kind of at the same point as I was. Yeah, I'm familiar. You played a little bit. You you played the first few areas. Real quickly, do you think they are... They give you enough as a new player to know what the fuck's happening. Well, the specific point of contention was the level design between level one and two. Uh, Keelan was claiming that they are different what? enough um, to, you know, because it's two different races, I guess. You've got your humans and the uh, the forerunners, whatever whatever they're called. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, and Jesse, you said, no, they're two, they're two very similar ships. And I, I, I don't think I, 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 say, I don't think I said they were very similar. I just said there was no diversity. Just thought all the same. Um, I feel like my argument's actually been ta- been taken out of context here because I said it was a poor first level for an open world game. That was my main complaint. Go on, go on. But I've been, I've been good first misconstrued. Level for a Halo Sean, game. But nevertheless, Sean, you, you've seen this. Nevertheless, you can see that I, I agree I'm under with Jesse. I agree with Jesse. I'm with you. Ah, fuck you, <laughs> kid. I'm not under duress at all. <laughs> you son of a bitch. So, 
From from my If you weren't already bored, I'll shave your head right now. <laughs> Pin you down, shave your head. So for my my point of view was that there wasn't enough <laughs> variation in terms of level design and I guess sort of set piece between the first and the second level until you got to I guess the final bit of the second level um where all of a sudden it's like a massive open I guess a like combat arena kind of like Doom and Doom Eternal and that's where I felt like oh I can use the verticality here a bit more and you know like it's definitely a more grandiose ship than the first level but I didn't really feel like there was that much di- like difference in terms of visual design uh, but then after that when I got to the open world area I found it pretty fun but I also acknowledge that Halo isn't really the sort of franchise for me so if it's more your sort of thing, absolutely check it out. I definitely see why everyone's raving about it from like the hour and a half, two hours that I played. Um, when I played it, it wasn't, again, it's not really for me. So, yeah, but I did enjoy it regardless. Just a hint to people so that they listen into the next podcast where we actually discuss this. But my opinion has also changed. Ooh. Very drastic. Well, well, that doesn't matter because you're already wrong. So I have... Uh... <laughs> Three very important words for you, Killen. Kiss my grits, okay? Kiss my bike nuts. Bike balls, Kiss my bike balls. Let's forget Halo for a moment. We'll come back to it at a later point in this special double episode. Yes, this is part one of two episodes. So if you're listening to this, part uh, the day it comes out, part two will come out next week. I don't know how timelines work. Which is going to be a bit of an issue because we're about to talk about 2021 as a year, as a whole. We're going to go through month by month, discuss the games that came out and just the big news stories and some small news stories that slipped past. And let's just, let's just, you know, bask in the warm glow that is the trash fire that is 2021. Let's start. I think a good starting point for an episode like this would be January. Oh, crazy. I know. What a brave way to shake up the formula. Inside the box, man. (laughs) See, again, Sean, I I say, uh, you know, hours doing notes, doing notes. I say one bad joke. They jump me like hyenas. I'm all all for for the jokes. Jesse, it's fine. This is a new character I'm going to be playing this podcast in the victim. The victim. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've been bullied to, to, to the extremes. Okay, January 2021. Got off to a flyer for one big reason for me. The Persona soundtracks came to Spotify and they kick ass. Majority of my story mode work and actual job work was done to that playlist. Wasn't all good news though. Outriders was delayed. Yeah, that was a great game. Modern Santa Rise got a demo. Scott Pilgrim returned to consoles. Indiana Jones game was announced um, to be made by Machine Games, a team behind Wolfenstein. Um, Hogwarts Legacy was delayed to 2022 because they had to work out how to get as much J.K. Rowling the fuck out of the game. Good move. CD Projekt Red asserted its, quote, commitment to quality uh, with the cyberpunk disaster still dominating all the headlines. Predator came to, came to Fortnite. Uh, Melbourne-based Big Ant Studios was acquired by Nacon. Resident Evil Village Maiden demo was launched, a bit more of a tease than anything else, yeah. uh, with a Division 2 Resident Evil crossover dropping a few days later. Vicarious Visions, team behind the Crash Bandicoot revision, uh, was merged into Activision Blizzard's uh, Blizzard side of the company. <laughs> I'm sure that will go well. Let's see how the year progresses. <laughs> uh, and the Interactive Games and Entertainment Association's 2020 Australian Game Development Survey 
reported that the local industry grew its revenue 29% in 2020, despite COVID, which is great stuff. And we also saw a bunch of new Deathloop footage. Some notable January releases were Hitman 3, my game of the year, The Medium, my not game of the year, and Madden NFL 21. Sure. The Medium came out this year? Yeah. It's so weird. That's the game that I'm like, I'm finding it hard to comprehend that came out this year because it felt like it came out last year. But Mm. the new consoles have only been out for just every year now. And I remember the Medium was meant to be launch window but i mean what exactly is launch window really i think the further away you get from launch window the bigger that window becomes Mm, definitely when the console is about to come out launch window is the first week but now you look back and it's like oh no two three months that's that's launch window uh that game was so disappointing so disappointing you know had had the whole like split screen thing you go between these dimensions to show off the ssd speed of the xbox series x and s it just did nothing it felt clunky the whole, despite showing off some really modern tech, the game felt very, very dated. Did anyone else play the medium? I didn't, no. but I watched plenty of footage of it, Jesse. And look, it's just my opinion, but I think that style of survival horror is very much out of date. And yeah. it, it doesn't feel good to play in a modern context. That's fair. Felt- um, but no, mo- most of my January was uh, spent um, playing Monster Hunter Rise demo because... Monster Hunter Eyes was d- awesome. Does it hurt? I mean, it hurts me knowing that I played more off the demo than I have of the full game. <laughs> I need to actually put some hours into it. Now that I'm on, on leave, maybe I will have some time to. Who knows? And again, one um, thing I always state is that Monster Hunter is best with friends. So whenever you want to get in, stuck into the multiplayer, let me know and we'll go through and smash done. shit up because it's a good time. Done and done. Uh, my January was taken over by Hitman 3. Mm. Hitman 3, I'm so disappointed it is not showing up on more Game of the Year award like nominees. Um, now, if you want to vote for Hitman 3, you can. Oh, what a plug this is. Uh, just go to our Twitter page. We're running our second annual Story Mode Award show. Um, we'll be announcing winners in our first episode of 2022. So you still have a bunch of time to go vote for your Game of the Year, your favorite antagonist, favorite protagonist, favorite story, favorite new IP, blah, 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 blah. There's a bunch of things. And if you live in Australia, if you go to our Twitter page at Story Mode AUS and retweet that pin tweet, you can win a $100 JB Hi-Fi voucher. Woo, $100. You know that sounds pretty damn good. That sounds pretty good. I'd get on it. I'd retweet. Now, Hitman 3, it, it, it's so weird that it's my game of the year when I look back at it because I actually didn't buy into too many of the features. There's a whole thing where you can play you know, past Hitman levels. Didn't do it. There was a bunch of new content that came out. Didn't do it. I just kept playing that one level over and over again. I can't remember what it was called, but it was based on the movie Knives Out. Yep. I spoke about this ad nauseum at the start of the year, oh. the manor. Yeah. And I had the, what, 47th fastest run in the world for a time? My crown and glory. I could have just retired then. Just, hey, just 47. Hey, hey. In the record books. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> Just, Damn, all right. Just, just briefly on the note of Knives Out, though. Uh, I watched that for the first time a few weeks back. Fucking fantastic movie. How like, good, dude. Phenomenal. Fucking so, so damn good. I'm looking um, forward to the sequel whenever that happens. Now, another thing that I really liked in January also was the Resident Evil Village Maiden demo. So you played as a maiden um, who was working in Lady Dimitris' castle. And you kind of go through and, you know, you see 
Lady Dimitris and her daughters, and you get murdered, but it gives you a bit of a, a taste of what's to come. And it just, I remember playing it, and it was one of the first things I played on the PS5 that felt felt next-gen. Mm. That castle is immaculate. The it was very small details. It was the walls and like these like golden filigrees on the walls. They stood out so much. The lighting of them was brilliant. Um, and that really set the tone because it's been a very Resident Evil heavy year. It set the tone very, very nicely. Sean, did you play that demo? No. Oh, no, the demo. Yes, sorry. I was going to say the game. I didn't. I did play the Maiden demo. I remember picking your brain heaps about the game, but we can talk about that a bit after. But I played the demo oh. and that was cool. Like you said, the, how when did the PS5 come out? Was it probably two months out at that point at the start of this year? Uh, about oh, November yeah. last year. So, like yeah, we'd, we're still waiting for like that first kind of thing that would show off the power of this next gen. And that demo did that. I was like, ah, the, the like you're saying the immaculate detail and everything around you was pretty surreal to experience for the first time. And also, like, we'd all seen the trailer and stuff of Lady Dimitris, and we're just like, you know, she's, yeah, I'm that's... in love with her. And then she kills you. I'm like, I'm in love with her properly now. <laughs> oh, Keelan just gave me a very concerned look, which is fair enough. <laughs> Let's move on to February. February, very special month, because Christopher Lowry joined the team. Yay, Chris. Um, I'm sure you've seen Chris on some episodes and some of our streams and such. Um. But look, wasn't all good news in February. Google Stadia shut down its first party game studios. Stadia Games Entertainment. Rest in peace. You've gone too soon. Look, I think in Australia, we bag at Google Stadia a lot more because we can't use it here. No. I'm part of a few like gaming groups and stuff on Facebook. And a lot of people live in the States. And some kind of like phone carriers or something like that, we're giving out Stadia's when you signed onto a new deal. Like like here, how we get like a Google Home. Right. And a lot of them said, look, I've got good internet and this is phenomenal. This is kind of like witchcraft how it's working. So I think it's- Jesse. I know when I bag it out a little bit, it's a little bit of jealousy. I'm very curious to see, I would love the opportunity to see this thing in action properly. I know it's got a bunch of issues with it, but I'm so curious to see Stadia at work. Jesse, screw Stadia. You can get game streaming on Xbox Game Pass right now and it works well and you don't need an yeah. extra third-party controller. Like, it's really incredible. It's awesome. Touche. I still haven't tried it yet. You have to try, try it. But I, it does come up a little bit later on. Mm. Developer Clayton Haugen sued Activision Blizzard, alleging that Call of Duty Modern Warfare uh, new character, Mara, was a copy of a character he originally created. Hopefully the Yugo is better for Activision Blizzard. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Destruction All-Stars had to disable its default voice chat option after allegations of trolling and harassment. So this free PlayStation Plus game came out and the mic was constantly on. So you would load the game and you'd be called a fuckhead straight away. <laughs> it's well, like, that's, that's not great. <laughs> that's not good. Okay. Don't do that. Why would you leave... <laughs> In a free-to-play game, why would you put the public microphone as always on? Why would you do that? That's a terrible. That's the point. Idea. Like they, they, they realize, oh, we shouldn't have done that. We just, they just completely overlooked the, it. If they had even a shred of common sense, they wouldn't have fucking enabled it in the first place. Jesus, that really oh. takes me back to the late two thousands and playing Call of Duty online. Mm. Yeah, That's all it was. <laughs> oh, and there'd always be that one bastard who was like playing shitty music through their headset mic, and it's like, oh. <laughs> yes. Gosh. No, the worst one was when you could hear like. Their family in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Billy, 
Oh, you want a sandwich? No. I literally had like a TV in the background stuff. I literally just had a game of Halo like that, like yesterday, where some kid was asking his dad to play Halo. And his dad was like, nah, I'm finishing this match, boy. Sit down. <laughs> oh, dude. You called you, you call through Atreus and, and uh, yeah. Kratos. <laughs> uh, Prince of Persia, the Sands of Time remake was delayed indefinitely. Look, we've heard nothing about it since. Nada. The Mandalorian's Pedro Pascal, the Mandalorian and just love my life, Pedro Pascal, was cast as the lead role of, of Joel in HBO's The Last of Us TV show. Good TV casting. series yes, uh, yeah. with Game of Thrones and Bella Ramsey cast as Ellie. Did you see he got cast into it recently? Yes, sir. Nick Offerman. I'm what? so happy about that. Yeah. It's a good cast. Um, they had to recast somebody. Somebody Someone had dropped uh, out scheduling like, conflicts. Something scheduling conflicts and stuff. Um, I can't remember who it is. I forget but. the character's name, but it's one of the two dudes that have their own little town. Yes. Yeah. Very oh. sketchy characters. Know what I mean? Yeah. Speaking of sketchy, Six Days in Fallujah, a cancelled Iraq War first-person game, was resurrected for a planned 2021 release. That game just doesn't need to come out. No. Because it's fucking trash fire. Uh, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 uh, was delayed until at least 2022. Disappointing. A new PlayStation VR unit was announced by Sony, planned for release on PS5 sometimes next year or beyond one day any future development on anthem or its potential reboot anthem next stopped <laughs> there you go um and we got some new death loop footage as well i remember buying anthem at jb hi-fi for like four dollars on boxing day being like you know what they'll fix it they won't fix it it won't become a good game but it'll become better they'll do something bargain right you know what, you know what? credit to them for being like no the second no, that no. game was announced, I was like, this is going to pan. This is going to be a shit show. Did you play the demo? No. Did anyone you play the demo? I played the beta. I, um, yeah. The beta, yeah. Yeah. I had what high did hopes. You guys think of the- I was in sad. I, so did I. I was one of those suckers that bought the game day one, hoping. It I'm so sorry, mate. I'm so oh, sorry. I'm sorry, dude. Yeah. <sighs> but no, immediately. Immediately. Like, as soon as that was announced, like, as soon as it was being shown off, and I'm like, they've got nothing. They've got nothing to show. It's weird. Like, they were only showing, like, concept art. And I'm like, you don't announce a game that's supposed to be coming out in, like, four months and only show concept art. Something's wrong. Something is wrong. And sure enough... Something went wrong. Yeah. They fucked They fucked it as hard as they possibly could. What did you guys think of the beta when it first came out? I, I actually really enjoyed the uh, um, yep. The movement. Agreed, was, that's it, Jesse. I, I love it. Phenomenal. Mm. Traversal was awesome. The gunplay, eh. But the traversal the made up for it. The gunplay was exactly what I thought it would be. Like, it's, it's third-person gunplay. It's never going to be fantastic. But the traversal, like, people give that game shit. But I don't. I can't think of a game that's done jetpack mechanics yes. better. Also, the, it, it, it's just phenomenal. The general concept: you have this giant mech suit of armor thing that you get into, you get in and out of, and shit, and you fly around and blast shit. Like it's a great concept. It could have been so cool. If I may yeah. interrupt, though, Kiels, I feel like it's already been done way better. Titanfall two underrated as I mean, fuck. Look, Titanfall two one of the greatest games <laughs> ever made, but they're not. You can't compare different them. Game. They're different games. They're very, yeah. very different games. Genre, I guess. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's um, fair. Speaking of games, the games that dropped in February, Destruction All-Stars, Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury, 
bravely devote to a near one and two remastered, the complete edition. I played none of them. February, I was still playing Hitman Three. To be honest, that's fair. And uh, the Super Mario 3D World was kind of shitty, wasn't it? No, 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 no. It, it was good. Um, they there was a few nice quality of life improvements over the uh, Wii U version. A slightly more stable frame rate and quicker load times, and obviously the Bowser's Fury expansion thing was entirely new. But it felt people. It it felt like um, we like essentially the Bowser's Fury stuff feels like what Super Mario 3D World should have been in its entirety. In terms of the way the exploration is handled, the open map and level design, and that sort of more freeform Mario goodness, as you'd expect from a 3D Mario game. And so it kind of left everyone feeling a little bit weird, because it's like, ah, if only the original was more like the expansion, but whatever, like, it's still good time. It's still a good time. Absolutely do recommend it. And also, I did pick up Bravely Default 2 and put in quite a few hours into that. And it is a... You're a fan of that. I remember you talking about it. It's a very good RPG. It's probably my second favourite turn-based RPG after maybe Octopath Traveler. Um, Which, I know that doesn't really say much, but Octopath Traveler is incredible. And Bravely Bravely Default 2 is just brilliant. The job system is really nice and flexible. It's everything you would expect from a Final Fantasy like a traditional Final Fantasy game, um, but just modern and updated in the nice ways. Quality of life is really good. And the characters are really fun as well. There's a guy called Elvis, and he's very Scottish, and it's hilarious. Just like Elvis was. Just like Elvis, well known for being Scottish. Rest in peace. (laughs) The king. (laughs) Um, Just to go back to the news, that, uh, what was it called? Six Days in Fallujah game. We've heard very little about it since. Because they came in and said, look, it's not... There's no political commentary in it. And then they came and said, well, inherently, a game like this would have political commentary in it. And then they released a bunch of things and it was just, like, super offensive Yeah, to people who were involved in, you know, in that skirmish and, and just, like, there's a lot of, like, anti-Muslim stuff in the game. It's like, guys, just fucking... Don't. Just stop. It, it's... It, Look, war-based first-person shooters, I'm thinking, like, you know, Call of Duty and stuff like that, they do toe the line at times between good and poor taste in games. Because there, mm. there is a line. Games can become very, very poor taste. And when you do a game that's based on such a recent history, you're going for realism, but you're going from a very one-sided version of that history. You're telling one side story, and you're demonizing everything else involved with it. And I don't, I don't mean just, like, you know, the insurgency and stuff like that. I mean, the people who lived in Fallujah, um, who, you know, judging from kind of some of the uh, developer notes and stuff that came out in interviews, they just always, they could just be victims. They were just meaningless. They were cannon fodder. Really poor, poor way to go about this. That game was cancelled for a reason. Yeah. I, I don't see it coming out and... It was a bit of a shame that there were a lot of places gave that game a lot of oxygen um, at the start of the year. A lot of outlets were doing a lot of interviews about it, and it took sort of a public reaction to that for them to stop. So that kind of sucked, but, you know, fuck that game. March. March was a good month. Pokemon 
Legends Arceus, an open world adventure set in feudal Japan that acts as a prequel to Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, was announced. Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl remakes, obviously, were announced as well. Hogwarts, Hogwarts Legacy, um, the team behind it announced that you could play the transgender character, uh, which is fantastic. I actually didn't know that that was properly announced. Yeah. So that's brilliant. Because <laughs> fuck J.K. And, Rowling. Turf piece of shit. Okay. I agree with that. Trans rights are fucking um, human rights. End of story. Anyway. An upcoming Avengers update reworked XP, causing an increase to the amount of a grind players need to do. So they went to fix Avengers and make it more you know, accessible to people and more inviting for people. And they just made it more grindy. So cool. I'm sure Avengers will be great by the time we get to, through to like October or so. The Microsoft and Bethesda merger was approved by both the U.S. Securities Exchange and the European Commission, clearing the way for the completion of the acquisition. I forgot this happened last this year. I was I could have sworn this was last year. Um, I think this is about the time when all those goddamn games came to Game Pass, and it was just mm, beautiful. It was a good time. Yeah, I, th- I think because it was announced at the end of last year, so that's yeah, it sort of bleeds in. So now we had a second Monster Hunter Rise demo. Coming to Switch, mm-hmm. Epic Games filed a legal claim against Google with the Federal Court of Australia. Good stuff. Uh, PAX Oz 2021 physical event was scheduled for the start of October. Fingers crossed. Microsoft confirmed that selected Bethesda, title, Bethesda titles would be Xbox exclusives in the future. I want to get back to that point in a moment. Uh, Haven, a new studio run by industry veteran Jade Raymond, was announced to fall under the PlayStation Studios label, and we saw some new death loop footage. Now, with... <laughs> did anyone actually think that Microsoft would spend a trillion, billion, gazillion dollars on Bethesda and be like, hey, Sony, you can have you can have a little bit of Elder Scrolls. You can have, have a, a slice of this pie. I did um, not. I don't know. I don't know, I, but I, I thought... So, sorry, Simon, you go ahead. No, no, go for it, mate. Uh, I thought that they were like, look, we'll keep the good shit. You can have Deathloop. <laughs> that's <laughs> not only contracted, but... That's how like, I saw it. Um, they would never say that one of the games isn't as good as the rest. You know what I mean? That, that's like poor business. You want to prop up every single game you can because immediately that's putting uh, you know, that game to the sword. And yes, we'll get to Deathloop in a few months' time. <laughs> Wasn't I didn't like it. And there is a very big gap between Bethesda Studios' best games, like their their quadruple A games, your your Fallout's and your Elder Scrolls games, and Starfield, whatever that's going to be next year. Um. And the lower T ones, not necessarily lower in quality, just the lesser known titles like, you know, Prey and stuff like that. You can't, I think the moment you started making some of them go cross console and some of them not, you're just really pushing that divide into your audience. It, it's almost like an unspoken divide, if that makes any yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, but then at the same time, look, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I was one of those people that's like, ah, oh, but Elder Scrolls is such a big selling game. Same with Fallout, and having them not be cross-platform would be a little bit weird. It would actually, like, it would be such a huge detractor from the Sony systems. So, obviously, you know, we expect that the next Elder Scrolls game will be a PC and Xbox exclusive. 
But nevertheless, it's still it's still gonna feel weird. It's still gonna feel like there is just essentially a chunk of gaming just not available on PlayStation. But it's, it's the same. It goes, it goes both ways. You know, PlayStation has has a bunch of exclusives. I've got a like. We have there are a lot of Sony exclusives coming out next year and we'll probably push into twenty twenty three as well. There's great reasons to play both consoles. This is like such a good time to be a gamer. I was actually reading an article today that came out from uh, I can't even remember where it was. But it was basically like, what what can we do about fanboys? Basically, the author said that they posted a story because they uh, awarded Microsoft the sort of studio, you know, the the company of the year. Um, and all these PlayStation fans came and said, "Well, fuck this, fuck that, blah blah blah." And it's like, how do we how do we go above this? And I think this acquisition really fired that up again. But it's such just a tedious thing because for every, you know, Elder Scrolls and you've got, you know, a, a Spider-Man 2. Just play fucking games, people. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Good attitude, Jesse. Speaking of games, some great games came out in March. Yakuza Like a Dragon came to PS5. So goddamn fun. Loop Hero, which is currently free on the um, Epic Store, which I'll be getting. Monster Energy Supercross, the official video game f- Number four. You think that's a good game? Balan Wonderworld also came out in March. And we had a bunch of Kingdom Hearts games come to PC. Balan Wonderworld is a game that I must play um, sometime this year or, you know, soon under the influence of of chemicals, (laughs) alcoholic ones. I, because I that, that game looked cooked. I, that game looked fucking weird. Did anyone play it or see enough of it? I saw a few videos on it. Nah, not a single thing. No interest. It, it was in that really strange middle section of the Venn diagram between bad game and weird game. Because a weird game can be a good weird game. And like Psychonauts 2 was a weird game. But it was a good game. Bad games are, are bad games. You know, Fast and Furious Crossroads, a bad game. Yeah. But it wasn't a weird game. It was very basic. This tried to be weird and was bad and became a disaster. It is one of the messiest things I've ever seen. It was broken, but even you could see that even if it wasn't broken mechanically, the concept, the conceit of the whole game was broken. You had like a, a billion different power-ups. They all, they all locked to one button, which you can't use them in conjunction with each other. That wasn't a bug. That was a feature. I think perhaps they bit off a little bit more than they could chew there with the whole concept, the one-button concept. Oh, it was a uh, poor choice. Moving on to April. Oxenfree 2 Lost Signals was confirmed. Now, I played Oxenfree 1 for the first time this year. Absolutely, absolutely adored it. I'm very excited for um, Lost Signals. Resident Evil 4 VR uh, is coming to Oculus Quest 2. Square Enix announced that they are not for sale. Um, <laughs> I had to come out and declare that because there was a bunch of rumors going around that a bunch of, uh, you know, they may be acquired by the Microsoft or Sony, which don't see that coming. Uh, Sony reversed its decision to close the PS3 and PS Vita stores. Yeah. Days Gone developer John Garvin said players should buy a game at full price if they want to see its sequel. Uh, this caused a bit of an upsell of support for a sequel to the open world zombie game. But a lot of people agree that Garvin sounded like a bit of a dick when he blamed people not buying 
Days Gone Day 1, sight unseen, for there not being a sequel. Um, I will get back to them in a moment because, Sean, I know you're a big uh, Days Gone fan. Definitely am. Resident Evil Village launched two two-hour demos, a castle demo and a village demo. These came out, you can only play them between very specific times. Being in Australia, it was like 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on a Thursday. It was ridiculous. I just happened to put, I just happened to have my lunch break at that time. Yeah. Cough, cough. Um, After some backlash, they did extend it by a week, but even then it wasn't full. I don't think it was like full days. It was still a very stunted sort of thing. Weird concept. Um, Why? A Super Mario Party update. Allowed for online multiplayer just a short two years after the game's initial release. Good stuff. Um, and we saw some Deathloop footage as well. Now, I want to go back to Days Gone. When John Garvin come, came out and said, look, you know, this, is a, this isn't directly quoted from him. But by games day one, before you've seen reviews, before all of that, before it's had time to sink in, because those day one sales are what lead to a sequel. Days Gone... He's, a, he's actually a really good game. And Sean, I'm very glad that you made me play it. Um, I haven't finished it. I didn't play much more after we did the episode of Love Letters, but I I have a, very much have an appreciation for it and would love to see what they could do with a sequel. But the game was broken when it first came out. It was buggy as all hell. Some things just didn't work. People were having just hard crashes day one. That was not a game that should have been bought day one or be, should be pushed day one. People had a right to know that it was buggy. They had a right to wait. And I think that obviously affected sales, affected all sorts of things. And if the studio behind it says, look, you know, we're not doing a sequel here. It's because your game was kind of fucked when it launched. Exactly. He, doesn't work, he doesn't work for Ben Studios anymore. He, he was moved on. Um, Sean, what did you, being a fan of Days Gone, what did you think of those comments? Um, I was kind of disappointed, to be honest, because I... As you all know, I'm a big fan of Days Gone. I preach it. I still tell people to play it. I love it. I love the whole world of it and the story. But the comments that he said were just really insensitive and made him look like a dick and made the company look that way as well. The 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 days we live in nowadays of where games come out and can be updated online mean that day, games are going to be buggy day one and they're going to need time to be updated, especially with companies that want to push games out as quick as possible, Battlefield. Um, but people are going to just wait for reviews. They're going to wait to see those first um, glimpses of the game before they choose to buy it because people are smart nowadays. They're not just going to go. It's a long gone of the days where you go to JB or EB, buy a disc, put it in and play it. So, people yeah. are going to wait for reviews and see what it's like. And if your game is buggy as shit, people are not going to buy it and the reviews are not going to be good. And it's as simple as that. Yeah. Um, I think that he, like, if you look at the overall picture of the message of that, you should give games a second chance, not based off their day one uh, release. I agree with that. But the way he went about it was really bad. Really bad. Yeah. And like you said, though, if if there is any positive take out of it, any kind of press is good press because the game picked up a bunch of steam and people playing it again. Well, it then got um, put onto Epic Games Store. It's yeah. like a free game for a little bit, I think. Yep, it came out to and PC. There was a massive upswell yep, for it. Huge. And people really like the story of it and kind of want to dive into it, but unfortunately, I don't think it's going to happen. It's not about that I, uh, I think- day one sale thing anymore. Like it's there's mm. it's a longer lifespan now and, mm. you know. 
you need to demonstrate the value of the game if you get bad reviews and shit like that fix it people it, will actually it buy felt it like, yeah yeah, yeah it's not like him wanting to put the onus on others for a game that he was involved with that failed day one agreed and He's like, it surely it couldn't have been us. The game was perfect, blah, blah, blah. It was all you guys yeah. not buying the game, listening listening to reviews, you but know, Simon, doing your due diligence. Smart consumers? How yeah. dare you? Yeah, well, that's gross, the thing. Gross. That's the thing, right? So, you like, yeah, I part of me understands the point. Like, obviously, if you do produce a game, you want to see it do well, especially when you first launch. And, you know, generally speaking, that opening week tends to be the biggest time frame for, for a game to, to sell. Uh, which, you know, cool. However, first off, AAA publishers are trying to push an increased price of video games now. And, like, it's not uncommon to see video games going for, like, $100. That's so fucking expensive for a game. 100 bucks for a game is m- absolutely mind-blowing. Yeah. When... Also, we continuously see, like, again, various AAA publishers and stuff removing big chunks of game and unlockable content and stuff and selling it back to us as additional downloadable content later on down the line, which, you know, you're you're preaching one thing and then practicing another. And on top of all of that, look, sometimes games don't get the notoriety that they deserve. It happens all the time. There are so many, you know like hidden gems and you know games that should have done better because they tick all the right boxes in all the right ways at the right time but sometimes you just sort of got to accept that and it's not on consumers that's just how it goes sometimes as with any product now some of the uh april game releases goddamn solid a lot of games that i put a lot of time into for no particular reason one of them was outriders which I continuously try to convince myself was okay. <laughs> it was just like a level b- below okay. Um, a game that I just couldn't get into at all, all was Oddworld Soulstorm, despite I loved Abe's Odyssey, just could not get into Soulstorm. Immortals Phoenix Rising got its Lost Gods DLC. I highly recommend Immortals Phoenix Rising to anyone who hasn't played it yet. Near Replicant version 1.22474487139. What a name for a game uh, was released. New Pokemon Snap came out. That was a bit of a flash in the pan. And a brilliant little game came out from uh, Sony Studios. Well, what became Sony Studios. Returnal from House Mark. Um, has anyone else here played Returnal? No. I have. And that means that four people on the podcast haven't defeated Frike. Or whatever the hell his name is. I can't get past the goddamn first boss in that game. <laughs> and I am gutted with myself. Our friends over in 8-Bit go listen to their podcast as well. They did recently did their um, Festivus episode. And they wanted people to share their sort of complaints about the year. And I was thinking about what mine would be for a few days. Now, I ended up going with Far Cry 6, and we'll discuss that a little bit later on. But I was very close to just more of a confession than anything else. This is my confession. I, I can't I can't beat the first boss in that game. It's too hard for me. But fair enough. The first boss is notoriously hard. It from a technical standpoint, the game is just on another level to anything I've ever played. However, as a Metroidvania, basically, 
doesn't. Sorry, not not a Metroidvania. It's um, roguelike. Roguelike. That's the one. That's the word I was looking for. Um, it just doesn't work because I never felt proper progression, death after death. My latest comparison would be to a game like Hades, where you die but you feel better, you feel stronger every time. I didn't get that in every run. Um, in Eternal, and I didn't really feel how to do that. I didn't like. Am I playing it wrong? I wasn't sure. They have patched it because they came out and said, look, we kind of fucked the first areas up. They don't work properly. And it was patched. I need to go back to it, but hard game with a good soundtrack. May. Konami pulled out of E3 2021, saying it will not be ready to present at this year's digital showcase. Sony invested in a minority stake of Discord. AFL Evolution 2 Season Pack 2021 came out about a third way through the season. Good stuff, guys. Uh, Yuffie gameplay came out as part of Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrade, as part of that trailer. Uh, speaking of Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy XIV Online, they announced that there'll be male Viera as part of the upcoming Endwalker expansion. I hope the Endwalker expansion's good. Who knows? Dutch film, <laughs> Dutch film director Richard Rapperhorst suggested that Capcom copied the design of one of his monsters for Resident Evil Village's Sturm. Now, has none of you guys have really played, have played Village, have you? I have not. I've played a bit, yeah. but not very far. Look, minor, minor boss spoilers. There is a guy who has a chest made out of a plane engine with a propeller at the front. He runs towards you. Dick. It's a very strange design. It's a very unique design. That sounds pretty cool. Which made it kind of weird. When I, I did look up this guy's initial design, I'm like, they're pretty similar. And quite a, like I said, unique. So I wonder how they came to that same conclusion. I'm not quite sure where that all went. Um, Ubisoft Skull and Bones release date was pushed back to 2022, maybe 2023. Who the fuck knows? That game was announced like two years ago. I'm just like, okay, this is just a part of Black Flag. Why is this taking so long to make? Anyway, um, speaking of Ubisoft, they came out and said they're going to prioritize free to play titles, but they won't be abandoning large blockbuster releases. Great. Um, the original Xbox startup background became available as a dynamic background. No Man's Sky added the mass added the Mass Effect added Mass Effect's Normandy SR1 as a, as a ship that you can see in the distance that you can land on. Very, very cool. Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD. Uh, look, they came out and said that fast travel was going to be locked behind the Amiibo, which was the which is bullshit. It was garbage. Um, Far Cry 6 gameplay was shown off at a big Ubisoft showcase. It looked, at that point, looked fantastic. Um, and we also got to see some new Deathloop footage. Look, I feel Simon, like, I this is a very thing. I feel like we're getting new Deathloop footage like every month at this point. Wink, <laughs> wink. Maybe we are. Maybe we are. Um, yeah, look, so the whole fast travel locked behind an amiibo thing, I'm kind of on the fence about it still. Even with, like, I was at the time... And even with some distance behind me, I still feel the same way, which is, yes, I completely understand why people find it frustrating and why, you know, a lot of people will be like, yeah, that's kind of bullshit, especially people that do things like speed runs and challenge runs and things like that. I get it. I totally understand. And that point of view is perfectly valid. But on the flip side, it's such a minor thing because 
the way that you tra- the way that you travel back and forth between the worlds essentially between the surface and the sky is you'd use these bird statues and there is a bird statue around basically every other corner in the game there are so many of them even if you're in the middle of a dungeon there's go- like guaranteed to be about 3 or 4 of them in every single dungeon so you just walk to one of those and you just go okay I want to go back to to the front entrance of the temple at the front entrance of the temple, there will be one, and you just go back up into the sky, and you just fly back to the home base, essentially. It is relatively minor in the design, I, I guess, the design landscape of the game, because there, there. if it was a much bigger overworld, if it was something like Breath of the Wild, where it was, you know, a huge open world, then yes, absolutely, completely bullshit. But this is a very segmented map, and... My issue with the the actual principle of it, I mean, you just said that you were pissed off when games, you know, don't launch with all their full features and they just keep, like, patching stuff in and stuff. This is what I feel that they they withheld something that could have been the full game. They had it all done and they said, no, buy this fucking bird. I I agree, but um, I like I said, I, I agree with the premise in and of itself. Like, absolutely, it's something to be kind of pissed off about. But I'm going to buy the amiibo because I like amiibo. I like amiibo as mini statues and like figures, not as additional physical DLC, which is how some people see them. And again, it's just that difference in mentality. I understand if someone turns to me and is like, oh, you're just buying physical DLC for stuff that exists already in the game. Because, yeah, you're not wrong. I am doing that. But I'm not buying it for that reason. I'm buying it because I want but a cool again, new like your, your figure. Like, an, you're an out, not, not an outlier, kind well, of an outlier kind of, because kind you of, really yeah, like no. the, the physical media and stuff. Like, Keelan, what what do you think of this? I don't know, man. I have enough shit in my house physically. Like, I don't want. <laughs> but I, 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 I mean, like the actual principle of it: buy this physical thing to have a feature in the game. No, it doesn't make sense. To, it doesn't make sense to me, but. I don't know. I can see how they're trying to do something a little bit different here. And, you know, cool, whatever. But shit, it just, it's not fair. I don't think it's fair to To me, this is one of those, this is another case of Nintendo can get away with some weird shit. Oh. I look. And this is this is something that I think if any other place. Absolutely. Imagine if Ubisoft came out and said, no Far Cry, you know, you can't get. Fast travel in Far Cry 6, for example, okay? Um. Unless you buy this little Giancarlo Esposito figure. Well, no, I think the closest... I'd buy the figure because he's a great actor. The closest comparison would actually be when um, when those games do things like collector's edition, special edition, platinum edition, and shit like that. Super extra ultimate special collector's edition with like... But, uh, extra- yeah, yeah, but, but what... When have, when have they ever come out with extra like gameplay features they will sometimes come up with extra weapons and stuff like that and skins and and you know bullshit like that but not, ex- not a feature marvel's I've avengers on f- playstation what feature spider-man that's 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 not a feature but that's gameplay yeah but it's not a feature but that's, that's that's like dlc but that's gameplay that's 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 still gameplay like if yeah but that's, i'm not talking about gameplay i'm talking about a feature <laughs> i again i get i get where you are coming from and again i do for the most part absolutely agree in the sense that yeah it's a shitty thing to have locked behind an amiibo like eh, it's it, it doesn't make much sense and i agree that there is also that double standard where oh you know nintendo can get away with it because it's nintendo haha just off camera 
Reggie is standing next to Simon with a gun. <laughs> Reggie doesn't work for Nintendo anymore. Exactly, e- exactly. He doesn't work for them anymore, so they he's, can have like an alibi. It wasn't us. It wasn't us. <laughs> now moving on to the games for May. May was fucking huge because of two games: Resident Evil Village. Mass Effect Legendary Edition. We also had Days Gone come to PC, as you mentioned, Knockout City, and Buy Mutant. Now, I want to talk about Resident Evil Village for a moment, because the more I think about it, this is my possibly my second favorite game of the year. And it shouldn't be, because it was kind of broken. It was kind of clunky. It wasn't the best Resident Evil 4 game. That's sort of, wow. It wasn't the best Resident Evil game, because <laughs> Resident Evil 4 is. See, I can't even yeah. say it without thinking Resident Evil 4. <laughs> but... I got so lost in the lore of this game. I, I finished it and then I had to read about these characters and I was watching YouTube videos about all the different lords. I need to learn about more about Lady Dimitris and that sad fish boy who eats cheese and um, uh, Donna Beneviento's house, which is one of the greatest areas in a video game ever with one of the most fucked up things that ever happened in a video game. And I really wish we did a, spoil- a proper spoiler cast of that because I wanted to talk about that more and more and more. Resident Evil Village is so damn good and it has left some very interesting teasers for what comes in Resident Evil 9, whatever they're going to call that. I'm very excited for it. <laughs> and I think it's funny because I don't think of it as sort of a, you know, a genuine like game of the year kind of contender, but you look at some of the voting for a lot of game of the year awards at other outlets and it's it's up there. It was It's a very much a kind of People's Choice Award. People loved this game despite its flaws. It also, they came out and said um, it was one of the most finished, uh, I think it was the most finished game of 2021. Because oh, yeah. hmm. everyone wanted to see Ethan Winters fucking get hurt and get his dick cut off and stuff. Hey, it's a good game. All right. June. So, sorry, Big month. Sorry, Jesse. Sorry, Resident Evil just brings out some dark things in you man it does it does okay kill you need to play this game purely i just want you to play the donna beneviento's house yeah the fact that i remember her name (laughs) means something means it's left a mark on me it i won't give away too much here it goes back to proper horror and puzzles at one point and it is some of the most Pure Resident Evil. It's what I think of when I think of Resident Evil. I don't think of the action, you know, the gun stuff like that. I don't give a shit about those. And all the action and blah, blah, blah. I want horror and I want puzzles. I want to do stressed out puzzles. And this does it to a degree I didn't know was possible. When it's on sale. And then there's a reveal. When it's on sale, I'll pick it up. Well, so you said Biomutant came out? Biomutant came out, yeah. That feels like a game that came out like a year ago. I, that was the issue. When it came out, everyone's like, this feels dated. Because <laughs> I was seeing it in bargain bins, I think, by week two. Mm. Wah, wah, wah. And, uh, what? Like, that doesn't feel right to me. That, that can't be right. right. Moving on to June, because June was a big month. June was E3 month, and even bigger and better, June was a big month because a certain Sean Collins joined the team. Welcome. Now, also speaking of Resident Evil, Nemesis Leon S. Kennedy and Joe Valentine came to Dead by Daylight. 
Microsoft Flight Simulator install size was halved thanks to a new update. I wish they did it when it first came out. I didn't have to delete half my goddamn memory. To ma- oh, that game fucked me up. It was so good. <laughs> Quantic Dreams head David Cage said the studio doesn't make games for homophobic slur because he is a piece of shit. David Cage, go fuck yourself, buddy. Yeah. God of War Ragnarok was officially de- um, delayed to next year. Rick and Morty and Superman came to Fortnite because, sure, Back for Blood was the only thing shown at the Warner Bros. conference, which made me regret staying up for it. Rainbow Six Extraction became the new name for Rainbow Six Parasite, which was the new name for Rainbow Six Quarantine. Elden Ring got its first release date, 21st January next year. Former Call of Duty leads Dave Anthony and Jason Blundell formed a new studio called Deviation Games. Hackers stole the source code of EA's FIFA 21 alongside its Frostbite engine source code and a bunch more. That was a hackers went to town this year. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, the stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin demo on PS5 was corrupting people's consoles upon installation. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Idas Montreal's Guardians of the Galaxy was officially announced. Oh, such a good game. An Xbox Series X mini fridge was confirmed. <laughs> Metroid Dread was announced. A 2D adventure that was going to make its way to Nintendo Switch on. Uh, October 8th. And do you remember this, Simon? People were pissed that it wasn't Metroid Prime 4. Oh, They're like, what the oh, fuck is mate, it? In retrospect, they went a bit early. Um, Xbox box art changed. That's a hard thing to say. Kazuya Mishima from the Tekken fighting game came to Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Cyberpunk 2077 returned to the PlayStation Store. And the Xbox Design Lab, which allows you to design your own custom controllers, was relaunched. However, not in Australia. Pokemon Go began to roll back changes made in response to the COVID-19 outbreak. Because, you know, we all know that COVID ended in June. <laughs> um, rumors started to swirl of a dead space reimagining from EA Motive. Speaking of EA Motive, Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed Valhalla director Eric Baptizat left Ubisoft after 16 years to go join EA Motive. Um, after another update, Avengers started to display players' IP addresses above their heads on PS5. Um, River, the German Shepherd who served as the inspiration for Fallout 4's Dogmeat, sadly passed away. And Sony acquired Returnal developer Housemark, and Sony Japan accidentally leaked the Blue Point Games acquisition, which was only confirmed later on in the year. Uh, they also acquired Astro Playroom developer Team Asobi, and we saw some Deathloop footage. This is, so like June, E3 isn't focused anymore. E3 is a month off announcements. That's why we had so much stuff here. Now, the one, the one thing I want to um, kind of discuss a bit more here is, Simon, when they first announced Dread, mm-hmm. think back to then, were you a little bit disappointed that it wasn't nah. Metro Prime 4? I was I, fucking well, ecstatic. So for a bit of context, um, Dread was... Had been teased for years, like literally for years. There was a teaser, I think it was in Metroid Prime 3, um, where it says Metroid Project Dread is nearing completion. And that hadn't been officially announced. It hadn't been like confirmed to have really been anything other than there's a project called Metroid Dread in the works. And then complete radio silence. And everyone thought it was vaporware. Everyone thought it was never going to happen. Everyone thought it like the time had come and gone for dread to happen. And then 
yeah, this fucking shock announcement, essentially. Classic 2D Metroid at its absolute finest. Some of the, like, smoothest movement I've seen. The same... We'll, we'll, we'll get to our Metroid Dread discussion proper soon. Yes. Don't stress. Um, but, like, and having Mercury Steam, who did the Metroid 2 remake on 3DS on board... Basically, it ticked every box I could have wanted immediately. And I'm like, this is going to be a fucking good game. I was mm-hmm. so happy. I was mildly disappointed we didn't get any Metroid Prime 4 news, but I wasn't upset that it was Dread rather than Prime 4. I was happy oh, yeah. that it was even that it even existed. Um, and just going to games for June, we had Final Fantasy VII Remake Intergate. Integrate, integrate, integrate. Why <laughs> Integrate-grade. not? Plays on PS5. Scarlet Nexus and Sean, Rush and Clank Rift Apart. Now you streamed this for us day one. Oh, damn, you finished the game. I'm assuming. I did. What did you think Flattened of it? it as well? What a what a game. That was uh, again. T- we were talking about the demo before for Resident evil saying the power of the ps5 ratchet and clank damn did that game yep. show it off um mm. fuck that was fun like and the good thing about ratchet and clank is that anyone can play it no matter what age whether it's like a six-year-old kid or whether it's a 50-year-old dad it, it doesn't matter like it's so fun it's accessible to everyone and it's a good time um this was such a perfect showcase game because like yeah it is fun for the whole family but even like the most hardcore gamer can appreciate what they've done with this on a, on a technical level. Yeah. I think as I was kind of glowing about Returnal's technical prowess, this knocked up another level. This was, to me, the first true next-gen game. Agreed. Mm. I guess you see that because it was um, kind of exclusive to the current-gen console. It, there was no PS4 port of it. So you could definitely see some games have to hold back a little bit. Mm. I'm shocked this is getting more love this time of the year. I thought it would be winning some Game of the Year awards, possibly. Best story. I think Rivet deserves her own award. I loved, I absolutely yes. loved I, Rivet. Rivet was absolutely the Rivet's highlight for me. Outstanding. Yeah. Um, and again, look, I can go slightly spoil here. One of the coolest moments in a game for me, this is one of my moments of the year in a game, is when you're in this big, you're in this big mining planet. Because, you know, all, like in all sort of science, sci-fi and fantasy and stuff like that, every planet has one job. Yeah. This was the mining planet. Uh, and there's a big robot in the middle. And you start grinding the rail around it as it wakes up and starts trying to get you and is destroying all these, like, mine shafts and buildings and blah, blah, blah. And you're going between dimensions as well. It is chaos. But it, it's silky smooth. Like I don't don't ask me about frame rates and stuff like that. Don't give a shit. And I think I mean I think they they built a patch to make it even better. Don't give a shit about that. It felt flawless, and no no loading between screens, nothing. Banging soundtrack, just chaos everywhere, debris, amazing particle effects. It was so goddamn hype. Do you remember that moment, Sean? Do, do you know what I'm talking about yeah, here? That was I, that yeah, was I fucking amazing. amazing. That was yeah, that was incredible. But I think part of the problem with Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart is that uh, I feel like it m- missed a note or two to really have a lasting impact, and that's why it's not in as many of the discussions as you might have hoped, or as I think it might actually kind of deserve to be. You know, in terms of technical prowess, 
I still think it's probably the best game available now, uh, definitely on, on PS5, just to sort of really showcase and highlight what this n- new generation of consoles can do. Hmm. But I feel like it it didn't do anything extra. And it shouldn't have had to, but I feel like it in a, in a year where we've got so much going on and so many people are still playing games, so many people are still trapped at home doing whatever they can, I think games now sort of have this weird little expectation to go that little bit extra, like that little bit above and beyond to really drive it home. And that's just... I think it did. I think the issue with it was um, platformers often get overlooked, especially when there's fan voting. A lot of people are like, oh, platformers, it's a kid game. Uh, yeah. they, they overlook it. Yeah, I think, I think that that's fair. Kind of weighed down. But I will say, Ratchet & Clank did one thing perfect. It brought back my boy, Jack. Oh, He's in yeah. it for a second. When you use a certain, when you use the Rhino, you see Jack and Daxter. Dark Jack, sorry. <laughs> and it filled my heart with joy because I saw, and I, I looked for screenshots of it because I'm like, I want to see this high res version of my favorite video game character. And it was not a high res version that they used because it it covered in different like effects and all that type of stuff. It's just a reskin. It looks good, but uh, that Ratchet Clank reboot makes me need on a physical level Jack and Dexter 4. <sighs> I hope it works out uh, for you, man. Yeah, like I I feel like that's a that's a franchise that's right on the cusp of like either going into revival territory or going into the forgotten territory. It would never be forgotten. How dare you, How, you son of a bitch. I don't I don't son of a bitch. I don't mean from the fans, I mean from Yeah, I'm I mean gonna come from, to Perth. I mean from the developers, well publishers specifically. God damn yeah, Naughty Dog is just like no. Yeah. <laughs> we make sad games now. Yeah. We're too All busy right. being edgy. Now, this is a good this is a good spot to end part one of our twenty twenty one in review. So we're gonna end this here. Part two will be coming out next week, depending on when you listen to this, unless you listen to this in a few months' time, when that means they're both out, you can go to Spotify and iTunes to find both of them. You can listen to them both. And while you're there, you can subscribe and leave us a review. And while you're there, you can also search for Fan Critical, listen to their podcast, and leave them a, um, a subscription and a review. Now, if you want to keep up to date with all your video game news, StoryModeGaming.com is a place to be. Plus, we're on all your social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at StoryModeAUS. Like I said before, if you go to our Twitter, you can find the voting for our game of the year. I just keep going to game of the year. Game of the year is part of the awards. It's a story mode award. You can vote in a bunch of different categories. Plus, if you retweet that pinned tweet, you can go into the running to win a $100 JB Hi-Fi voucher. Well, Very good. We're also on Twitch. We record these live every week in a bunch of other streams at Stormer AUS. For the next two weeks, I'm going to be streaming every single day a new, for the most part, indie games that I've never played before. So come check it out. Uh, and of course, we are on Patreon. You can throw throw a coin to your Witcher. Uh, just have a fan, fan critical and you'll get access to all sorts of bonus goodies. Now, I'm going to say thank you to Simon, Keelan and Sean. But we're just going to continue recording because that's how this tra- that's how we go. This train keeps on fucking chugging. You know what I mean? <laughs> but we'll have a break because I need a drink. Okay. So thanks everyone for listening. Hope you enjoyed that. Hope you stick around for part two. And we'll catch you around. Play some games and be safe and nice to each other and just hug everyone except probably not at the moment. Bye. 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 Bye.
Mwah.